Hey everybody, it's Brock Falk, and I want to thank you for listening to this message from Heritage Church of Christ. We would be thrilled to share more content like this with you and make it easy for you to share it with others. You can find more messages like this on our podcast, or you can download our smartphone app by searching for Heritage Church of Christ in your app store. But most importantly, I hope this message encourages you to take a next step toward a thriving relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. And here's the blessing. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Let's pray together. Father, we hear these words of blessing upon our father Abraham. And as we encounter them anew today, this morning, I pray that they might ring true once again. That as the blessing pours down through the generations, lands on us once again this morning, for those of us gathered here in this place, may we receive these words of promise as solid ground, something to build our lives upon, and a hope that we can hang our futures upon. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, you guys are in a series called Anchored. And one of the things I know Bronk is, is wanting to do here is to think about community. How do we build community? What are those anchor points for the church? And what I want to tell you this morning is that I think when it comes to being a community, to, be, to being a community of faith, one of those anchor points is blessing. Blessing and belonging go hand in hand, actually. You cannot belong without a blessing. We cannot belong to one another without a blessing. And so we got to think a little bit this morning about what it means to belong before we can talk about blessing. And belonging is one of those things that we all deeply need. Every human being on the planet needs, not just wants, needs to belong somewhere. The truth is, belonging is really difficult, though. Belonging can even be difficult at church. Did y'all know that? I, I love this quote from Ruth Haley Barton. She says, Community is the most overpromised and underdelivered aspect of the church today. Most overpromised, as we talk about it a lot, we promise it to one another a lot, and yet it's under-delivered consistently. Is that, 
It's that idea that so many of us want this, but so few of us find it. In this place where there should be belonging. And part of the reason, there's lots of reasons why it may be hard to find belonging even in church. But I think one of the reasons for that is sometimes churches send mixed messages. I think about this door to a youth room that I saw one time. Knock and the door will be open to you. Private property, no trespassing. <laughs> mixed message. And sometimes unintentionally, we, we send these mixed messages to one another. Yes, you belong. Yes, you belong. But then we find at some point there is this boundary that we didn't know about. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves on the outside. And we didn't know that it was there. There was some kind of unspoken rule that we, we went across. And all of a sudden, we're on the outside looking in. And when we find ourselves in these moments where we're on the outside looking in, there is this temptation to try to fix it. And the way we usually try to fix it is by trying to fit in. I, I think about my hairstyle when I was in elementary school. I've had this same hairstyle since I was in kindergarten, essentially. Got the comb over going, the cowlick. There was one day, though, in elementary school where I tried something different. And I tried something different because Joe... Pena, who was the coolest kid in school, did not comb his hair like this. No, Joe combed his hair right down the middle, parted it right in the middle. And so I showed up to school one morning with my hair parted right down the middle, thinking this would help me fit in. It did the opposite, right? Because all it did was draw attention to the fact that I was trying to fit in. Even the PE teacher was like, David, what are you doing with your hair today? That was the one time I did that. But that's often the strategy. When we sense that we're not belonging, we, we start to try to fit in, to try to find those things that will help us blend in with the rest of the crowd. There's a problem with that, though. Uh, fitting in and belonging don't go together. You can't have both. Fitting in is a really bad strategy to try to accomplish belonging. I like the way Brene Brown says it, the opposite of belonging is fitting in. And, oh, now, that may seem counterintuitive, but I think there's deep wisdom there. Because the moment we try to fit in, we're giving up a part of ourselves. As we're not fully showing all the way up as we actually are. And so the parts of us that we have to keep hidden in order for us to fit in remain just as lonely and isolated as ever. Those parts don't get seen. It's only the parts we're trying to, to put out to everybody else, the parts we're trying to change in order for us to fit in. Those parts belong, but everything else about us remains hidden. And we don't really find ourselves a place of belonging. Which is why I've always loved that great hymn that churches of Christ have traditionally sung during like an altar call or invitation. We didn't call it an altar call, sorry invitation song. Uh, when someone comes forward, what song was it? It was Just As I Am. And I love the message of that. I've got the words on the screen. Read, read these words. Just as I am, though tossed about, with many a conflict, many a doubt, fighting and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come. 
I come. In the next verse, just as I am, thou wilt receive. Wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because thy promise, I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. I love that those were the words we chose as an invitation to baptism, this moment of belonging, this moment of being incorporated into the body of Christ, of belonging to God through Christ, we sing, just as I am. Because what, part of what that communicated was that that is how you show up. This is how you belong. It's not trying to pretend being something else. No, you show up exactly as you are, fully as yourself, and even then, you're welcome. You belong here just as you are. You don't have to try to fit in. You belong here as you are. And that's a very different kind of belonging than the kind of belonging we try to get through fitting in. Um, I, I recently saw these two graphics that I think perfectly demonstrate the difference between fitting in and belonging. Uh, the first is something called a bounded set. Maybe you've, you've heard of this. And notice the red circle there. And there are some of those white dots that are inside the red circle. They belong. And then everyone on the outside of that red circle does not belong. They're not in the group. And so often this is how we try to approach belonging. That is, okay, there are these certain boundaries that you must keep in order for you to belong here. If you want to be in, here's the checklist of things you have to accomplish in order to be one of us. And once you've done all these things, then you get to hop over the red line, and you're good. You're in. And everyone else who hasn't done them, they're, they're, they're on the outs. That's not the only way to think about belonging, though. Uh, counter to that is this, the centered set. And notice the shift here. There is no boundary line. Instead, there's just one central focus, that big red dot. And what gets us belonging to one another is which direction we are moving to or away from that red dot. And I belong to all of those who are moving towards Christ. Their lives may look very different than mine, and I'm going to be messing up in ways that they are not, but the goal for both of us is moving in the same direction. Both of us are moving towards Jesus. Therefore, we belong to one another. Now, I love that vision for belonging, and, I, and I've heard this perfectly articulated in, um, in a church bulletin recently. This is kind of floating around every now and then, uh, but listen to these words. This is in a church bulletin. I don't know what church it was from, but, but listen to this. We extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, filthy rich, or dirt poor. We extend a special welcome to those who are crying newborns, skinny as a rail, or could afford to lose a few pounds. We welcome you if you can sing like Andre Bocelli or like our pastor who can't carry a note in a bucket. You're welcome here if you're just browsing, just woke up, or just got out of jail. We extend a special welcome to those who are over 60 but not grown up yet, and to teenagers who are growing up too fast. We welcome soccer moms, NASCAR dads, starving artists, tree huggers, latte sippers, vegetarians, junk food eaters. 
We welcome those who are in recovery or still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems or down in the dumps or you don't like organized religion. We've been there too. If you blew all your offering money at the dog track, you're welcome here. We offer a special welcome to those who think the earth is flat, work too hard, don't work, can't spell, or because grandma's in town and wanted to go to church. We welcome those who are inked, pierced, or both. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, had religion shoved down your throat as a kid, or got lost in traffic and wound up here by mistake. We welcome tourists, seekers, and doubters, bleeding hearts, and you. This is what a centered set sounds like. Because the determining factor of whether someone belongs in a place like this is whether they're moving towards Jesus or not. Do you want to be here? Do you want to be at church? Because if you're gathered here with us, that's where we're going. And if you want to come along for the ride, it doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. We're going to journey with you towards Jesus. So you belong here. And that brings me to our passage today. Genesis 12. This call of Abraham that we read. When we arrive at Genesis 12, the world is a mess. If you just read through the first 11 chapters of Genesis, you can quickly see that things are falling apart. After the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, get booted out of the garden, and then they have their two boys, and immediately things go awry as Cain murders his brother Abel. And then a few chapters over, we've got... Noah and the flood and that story where the violence and sin upon earth is so great that God is grieved that he created people at all. And he wipes out most of the population except for Noah, hoping that maybe Noah and his family can start something new, but the truth is they're just as messed up as everyone else. As soon as they get off the boat, now we're in trouble again. And then we've got the Tower of Babel. Human beings trying to climb their way to heaven. And God confusing their language so that they don't hurt themselves in the process of trying to make heaven in their own image. It's a mess. And the world is coming apart at the seams. Estrangement has been brought into the world. No one belongs to anyone. That's part of the point of Babel, is that no one belongs to one another anymore. It started with Cain and Abel. Not even brothers belong to one another. And then we end with Babel, where the whole world is confused and estranged from one another. And what does God do in response to that mess? It's Genesis 12. He speaks a word of blessing. As if God knows that the only way to fix what has gone wrong, to bring back together what has been estranged, is to speak a word of blessing. 
so that people could belong to one another again, so that something new might be born, this nation that will come up through Abraham and his family might know how to belong to one another and teach the rest of the world how to belong to one another as well. God speaks a blessing. And there's this part of the blessing that has caught my attention. This one phrase that I want us to think about today. The phrase is this, I will bless those who bless you. I will bless those who bless you. Uh, If you grew up in church, you may remember singing the song, Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. Uh, Let's all praise the Lord. Right arm. That song confused me to no end as a child. It made no sense to me. It's like, who is Father Abraham? My dad is named Michael. I don't know who Abraham is. And then we're all singing this. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm not related to Abraham, and I'm pretty sure no one else in this room is, but we're all saying we're all related to Abraham. And then we're all sons of Abraham. Even the girls are singing that they're sons of Abraham. And I don't know why I'm required to move my body like this. And I wanted to ask these questions, but I'm pretty sure the teacher, the, my Bible class teacher, would have told me to just turn around and sit down. There's some of you got that. That's good. Uh, that song confused me. And, of course, there is deep truth being communicated in that song, right? Through Jesus Christ, we have been, all the promises of, of God to Abraham have been fulfilled, and now we are co-heirs along with Abraham, like what Paul says in Galatians. Now we, we've received those promises. And that's typically the way we read this passage, this blessing, When we come to those words, I will bless those who bless you. We know, well, I am a son or daughter of Abraham. I have been blessed with all the blessings that God promised to Abraham. And so what this means is that the rest of the world will be blessed if they bless me. We put ourselves in the place of Abraham. And say, as we move about the world, the job of the rest of the world is to bless us. If, if they want to be blessed, they better bless us. But I think there's another way of hearing this. I, I wonder what would happen if we heard this as an invitation not to take the place of Abraham, but to take the place of those who encountered Abraham along the way. Maybe we can hear these words through the ears of Lot or Pharaoh or Ahimelech. Those who met Abraham and had to decide, am I going to bless or am I going to curse? Because who is Abraham? Abraham's the ultimate stranger. He does what no one else at that point in time would ever consider doing. For us today, it is no big deal to get up and move across the country. With transportation and communication, all the things we have today, that is no big deal. But then, you're forsaking your birthright if you do that. You're forsaking your means of survival. 
This land is passed down generation to generation. It's the only way you have to survive. And Abraham hears this calling, this blessing, and he actually leaves home. He leaves his father's household and all the riches there. He, he leaves. He does something completely unexpected. He goes somewhere where he is, in the words of Hebrews, a stranger in a strange land. Abraham is the ultimate stranger. And in so many ways, is a precursor to an even greater stranger, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who also leaves his father's house and brings with him all the riches of that house to enrich another land. Jesus is just like Abraham. They are both strangers in a strange land. And the invitation or the challenge before us is the same one that Pharaoh and Ahimelech and Lot all faced. As we encounter a stranger, will we bless or will we curse? Will we bless those in our lives who are genuinely different than us? Will we bless those in our lives who see things differently? Will we bless those in our lives who live differently? Will we bless those in our lives who make different choices that we may not approve of? Will we bless those in our lives who not only live differently, but will call us out for living the way we live? where there is conflict in the relationship? Will we bless those who are genuinely strangers in our midst? And what I'm here to tell you is to be a Christian is to live a life of blessing the stranger because Christ is the stranger we have blessed. He came among us as a poor itinerant rabbi and he constantly found himself on the outside with the sinners and tax collectors. He earned himself a bad reputation because of who he hung out with. And there was that red circle that he constantly found himself, himself on the outside of because he wouldn't fit the pattern. And some recognized him and blessed him, even though he was a stranger. And so it is our calling, church, to bless the stranger. If we are going to bless Christ, that entails a commitment to bless every stranger we encounter. Because it is in blessing those strangers that we ourselves will be blessed. I want to end by showing you this picture. It's a painting of Dorothy Day, who, if you know, she's well known for giving her life to serving the poor and unhoused. She's kind of the epitome of hospitality to the stranger. And she's depicted here offering this warm bowl of soup, a cup of cold water to a stranger. But what I want you to notice is where the halo is in this picture. It's not behind Dorothy Day's head. 
It's behind the stranger's head. Because as she encounters the stranger, what she's actually encountering is the very presence of Christ. I will bless those who bless you. She was blessed because she was willing to bless the stranger. And in so doing, creates belonging. This is how belonging is created. It's by blessing one another, despite all those differences, all the reasons we could name for why we ought not to bless them. But if we want to belong, if we want to create belonging, then what we've got to do is bless the other. Because in so doing, we will find ourselves blessed as well.